Hi there, I'm Stephanie O'Day, and this is episode one of the Slow Living Podcast. I am so happy that you are here. I've wanted to have a podcast for quite a while, and I wasn't exactly certain how to go about doing it. I'm not the most techie person in the world. I really like simple, uncomplicated things. I don't like to read instruction manuals. I I just want things as easy peasy as possible, which is probably why I've always been drawn to the Crock-Pot Slow Cooker, which is probably how you know me. But we're going to take a little bit of a pivot here and we're going to talk about slow living. So I'm so thankful to be here. I'm so thankful that you are here and you are listening and I am ready to dive in to all things slow living. So let's get started. So first off, I think we should come up with kind of an all-encompassing definition of slow living. I've been sort of digging around and I've been reading and, and listening and learning about other people's definition of slow living. And I realized that's not actually what my definition is. And so since this is <laughs> what we're going to be talking about, I want to share with you what my definition of slow living is. And in a nutshell, it really means that it's living out the life you've always wanted to with intention and with purpose. In a nutshell, it is not accidental living. It's living your life on purpose. Some people think that you need to be a minimalist in order to have a slow life. Some people think that you need to just sort of like suck it up and realize that this is as good as it gets. This is it. This is my lot in life and I'm just going to live it. And well, I kind of think that that's a bit of a defeatist attitude and it's not something that I teach and not something that I would wish upon you in any way. Um, I sort of think that life should be fun and you should enjoy the ride and the journey. So that's not my definition. My definition is one where you have purposely planned out the life you've always dreamt about. Even if some of your desires and some of your wishes seem a bit far-fetched or a little too good to be true. I think you might as well go for it and purposely plan towards moving and, and learning and growing and achieving everything, everything you've always wanted. Because I, I kind of think that that is sort of the version that we've all watched and, 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 and dreamt about when it comes to Disney movies or Lifetime TV or Hallmark movies. I think you deserve to be living your version of the American dream, your version of what makes you super crazy happy and excited to jump out of bed each and every day. And I feel lucky in that I do feel that way. I love my life. I love every single aspect of it. And I do feel like I'm living out my own version of the American dream. And in many ways, I feel like I have hit the lottery. I I love all of the things that I'm doing. And that 
doesn't mean that I don't ever have bad days. It doesn't mean that I'm super happy and Pollyanna-ish and putting my head in the sand because that's not real. And I am not a robot. I am not a Stepford wife. I am a real person with highs and lows and in-betweens. And, and that is what I want to share with you. And that is what I want to teach. And, and hopefully um, you're here with me and we're on the same page and we're ready to live out the your version, your version of your dream life. And I think together we can do that. When it comes right down to it, we all just want to climb into bed each night feeling calm, content, and at peace. We want to know that we were able to keep all the balls in the air and were productive without neglecting our own needs and wants. I know. I get it. That is why I recorded a free masterclass on the 10 things happy, successful people do each and every day, and I'd love for you to join us. Learn simple and practical tips to reclaim the sanity and joy in your home and family at stephanieoday.com forward slash masterclass. If you have been following me for a while, you might know me for my slow cooker crock pot recipes. I first started um, writing online in 2008, and I got a bit of notoriety because I decided to make a New Year's resolution to use my Crock-Pot slow cooker every single day for a year and write about it online. And the website took off, and I was able to get quite a bit of attention, and I ended up on national television, and the first cookbook came out, and it hit the New York Times bestsellers list. And then from then, I wrote three other Crock-Pot cookbooks. And from the outside, it really looked like I had made it, that I was living the American dream, that I had all of these awesome things. And and I did. I, I enjoyed it. I loved all of the things. But at the same time, deep down, I sort of felt a little phony baloney because I didn't set out to write cookbooks. I set out to just sort of find a legitimate way to work at home while raising my kids. And I knew that there were women who were making money online and they were writing websites and they were writing blogs. And I thought, okay, well, I like to write. I've always liked to write. I've got an English degree. Let's put it to use. And I had been doing a bit of freelance writing and editing for blogher.com. And again, this is back in 2008, sort of the dinosaur days of the internet. So I knew from working at Blogher that there were real women, real moms making money at home and they were writing and they were sharing stories about their families and things like that. But I, ironically, because here I am talking to you and you are (laughs) a, a bit of a stranger, although I do like to think that I know each and every one of you, but I am actually a, a pretty private person and I am an introvert and I, I don't actually like sharing lots and lots of personal details of my life or, or my family's life. I didn't want 
to write about my day-to-day life and my kids on the internet. I, I wanted to keep all that private. And so after doing some research, I realized that recipe sites had very good SEO. And SEO is a it's an internet term and it means search engine optimization. So you're essentially giving the people what they're searching for. So whatever you're typing into the Google search bar, that is what's popping up. And so I thought, well, gosh, what do I Google on a pretty regular basis cooking-wise? And, and the answer were crockpot recipes. I was constantly trying to figure out new crockpot recipes to feed the family. And again, as I said a second ago, I like simple things. I don't like instruction manuals. I don't like to be told I can only do things this way or that way, and there's no gray area. That's that's not who I am. I, I immediately start racking my brain and thinking, whatever, there's got to be an easier way. Don't tell me that there's only one way. So that's why I fell in love with the Krugbot, and that's why I thought, well, gosh, if I'm searching for simple Krugbot recipes, other people must be too. And so that's how a year of slow cooking came to be. And the reason I made it a New Year's resolution was I wanted an end date. I I wanted to only do this for one year and then tap out. Okay, been there, done that. I, I am done. I'm done with the New Year's resolution. And I did have a tiny bit of a thought in the back of my head that, huh, maybe when this is all said and done, I'll write a book about it. But I thought the book would be like a personal narrative or a set of essays about how and and why I did a New Year's resolution. I thought maybe it would even be a book on how to make and keep New Year's resolutions. Never, never did I think it would be a cookbook because I don't like to cook. That's another reason I like the Crock-Pot. I want put it all in, in the morning, I'm highly caffeinated and coherent. I dump it in, I push a button and I walk away. I I am, I don't read cookbooks for fun. I, I don't consider myself a foodie. I just wanted to get the cooking done with and, and over with and, and get on with my day. And so after The first time I appeared on national television, it was actually for the Rachel Ray show and I made creme brulee in the crock pot and I was super crazy excited to, to share my results and, um, the, I I was home with the kids and the Rachel Ray show happened to be playing in the background. And at the end of the episode, it said, do you have something to share with Rachel? email the show, perhaps you can appear. So since I had actually made the world's best creme brulee in the crock pot, and I was super proud of myself, I did. I emailed the show and I wrote in all caps and I'm like, I am the best. And I made this crock pot and crock pot creme brulee. And it was so easy. And yes, I should be on your show and I should show Rachel and I should show the world that you can make a super fancy dessert in a crazy, easy, and simple way. And so I sent off that email and um, ignored that it happened and just sort of forgot about it for a while. And then a few weeks later, the phone rang and um, 
It's so funny. I had a, I had a three, my three, I think she was two, she was three, I guess, was home with me and she was rather cranky in the background and the phone rings and it said unknown caller in uh, the phone. So I put on my uh, sort of cranky marketer voice and I'm like, yes, hello. And this um, lovely lady on the other end and her name happened to be Stephanie also. She says, hi there. This is the Rachel Ray show calling. This is Stephanie. Do you have time to talk? And I'm like, oh, Hi. Yes, I do. And she could hear my my three-year-old in the background was a little fussy. And she's like, oh, it's it's not the best time for you. I'll call back. And I'm like, no, 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 no. No, we're gonna we're gonna do this right here, right now. So I um I opened the fridge and I found a half container of vanilla frosting from Pillsbury in the back of the fridge. And so I took the lid off and then I'm rummaging through the drawer to find a spoon. And so then I drop my, um, my three-year-old uh, carefully. So I said drop, but I, I placed her nicely into the dry bathtub in the bathroom and handed her the frosting, handed her the spoon, shut the door, and I walked away. And then I went back to my phone call and I'm like, okay, I'm here. Tell me what you want. What, what, how can I help you? And so it, it sort of just, manifested and, and fell in my lap in, in this really interesting way that I did end up appearing on the show. They sent a crew to my house to film. And then a few weeks later, my mom and I flew to New York and we got to meet Rachel. And we got to appear on the show. And, um, and it just, it, it was amazing. And, and it's not something that I planned. And I was so thankful for the experience. I remember being out on the stage and I didn't get to meet Rachel beforehand where um, we were in the studio and the production assistant walked me out to the stage kind of in the dark and, um, and she placed me. The lights were all off in the studio and they were running a B-roll footage that they had filmed from my, from when the crew had come to my house. So I can hear my voice echoing through the studio. And then Rachel comes out and and she sort of grabs my hand and she's like, are you okay, honey? And I said, no, I think I'm going to puke. And she just sort of laughed and she's like, oh no, honey, there is no puking. And then all of a sudden the lights went on and we did the segment and we did crumb brulee together and it was perfect and it was amazing and it was wonderful. When that episode aired, that's when I began getting emails and phone calls from publishing houses in New York. And that's how the very first cookbook came about. And what was interesting is the whole time I'm writing the cookbook, I had so much self-doubt and, and negative chatter in my head in that I was a phony and, and I was a fake and I'm not a recipe writer. And who do you think you are for writing this cookbook? Because you don't even know anything and you just did these recipes and they happened to work out, but it was a fluke. So it was, it was really an interesting time and, and I pushed through it and, 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 and what's fascinating and the reason I'm sharing this story to you is I, I was doing things to make other people happy and it, and it worked out, but it wasn't what I planned. And so the whole time that I was writing the cookbooks and doing the crockpot stuff, I felt out of control and I felt kind of spinny and, and a little frantic and a little frenziest. 
that I was constantly trying to feed this beast. And, and the nature of the internet is they want more, more, more. And, and the nature of publishing and the book agent was, okay, now do a cookbook for light and, and healthy recipes. Okay. Now do a cookbook for, um, only two servings or less. So you can make all the empty nesters happy. And it, it really didn't feed my soul and I didn't want to do that. And, and, and it's really interesting because I do have a lot of empty nesters on, um, on my email list and, and I get a lot of questions about, well, how do I cut this down to two? But that wasn't who I am and, and who I'm living. We're a family of five. I've got kids in the house. I don't need to only cook for two people. I need to cook for five people. And then when my daughter's boyfriend comes over, I need to cook for six. And my husband sort of eats for two. So really, lots of the recipes I make are for six to eight people. And, and coming up with a, a new version of a pot roast recipe really only means changing one or two ingredients and slapping a new name on it, and you've got a whole new recipe. And that didn't sit right for me. It, it, it just really made me feel uncomfortable. And everything sort of all came to a head um, in uh, somewhere between 2016 to 2018. And it's when the Instant Pot hit the market. And now, all of a sudden... I have readers emailing me and my publisher and my literary agent asking for Instant Pot and pressure cooker recipes and redo everything, but now do it for the crock, for the Instant Pot. And I had already been feeling uncomfortable and funny when it came to the Crock-Pot recipes and, and coming up with new things constantly, which aren't really new. You're just using chili powder instead of cumin and that kind of stuff. Like it, it, it felt silly. Like, like, why am I continuously adding to the noise and to the chatter and, and recreating things that don't need to be recreated? So I didn't want to do the Instant Pot. I, I bought one and I goofed around with it and I just didn't like it. And, and I get it. I get why other people like it. They want to cook a frozen chicken in 45 minutes, but I don't. I like to go slow. I like to put things on early in the morning, and then never think about it again until it's dinner time. So one of the most wonderful things actually about the 2020 kind of lockdowns and pandemic was that I got to start writing about the things that I wanted to write about. And I fired my literary agent and I just said, no, I, I was done to the book publishers and I, I gave them other ideas and other things that I wanted to write about. And they said no. And so then um, they sort of fired me. And I thought, okay, this is it. I am on my own here. And I, I sort of had um, this quote that I had written on my whiteboard. And it said, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And I thought, okay, well, this is it. The world has sort of grinded to a halt. And the whole world has sort of been forced to slow down and pause, and I'm going to write what I want to write about. So I spent the summer of 2020 writing four books. I wrote How to Live Slowly. I wrote an intermittent fasting book called 246 Eat, 
because I happen to be a big fan of intermittent fasting and, and really do think it's a great way to sort of reset your hormones and, and kind of intuitively learn how to eat. I wrote The Mommy Blogger Next Door, which was essentially a, a memoir of how I, I ended up writing um, the Crockpot site and, and the different things that I've done and sort of the hows and the whys that I shared a little bit with you here and there. And then I also wrote Clean Less, Play More. And Clean Less, Play More is, is really sort of housekeeping um, for dummies or, or housekeeping for, for normal everyday people. And what's interesting is the Clean Less, Play More I actually started writing that, and that was my first book proposal, along with Totally Together, Shortcuts to an Organized Life, and that book is published. Those books started before the Crock-Pot slow cooker site. I, I started writing those back in 2006 um, when I had a, a toddler and a preschooler at home. I was trying to figure out, how do I keep all these balls in the air? I, I want to be the best mom that I can, but I also want to kind of keep the house running smoothly in the shortest, slimplified, easiest way possible. And so that's what this live slowly and, and how to live slowly sort of lifestyle that I'm trying to teach and mentor is about. And, and that's what I want to share with you. So in these upcoming episodes, I'm going to share what I think are the five steps to living a slow life. And number one happens to be to declutter and, and declutter everything. And it may mean simplifying your calendar. It may mean unsubscribing to email lists that you don't want to be on. It may mean you need to declutter some friends or some kind of acquaintances that you have in your life. Number two is you need to know where you're headed. You need to set your metaphorical GPS and you need to know, okay, this is where I am, but where is it I want to go? And start slowly and methodically planning out how you're going to get there. Number three is to surround yourself with positivity and try as hard as you can to stay in a grateful state. And that doesn't mean that you're going to have everything, sunshine and roses all of the time. This is real life and real life has ups and downs and in between. But even on the worst days, there's something to be thankful for. Even if it's that at the end of the day, you get to climb into bed and you really, really love your ergonomic pillow. Whatever it is, there is always something to sort of focus on and maintain a, a teeny tiny bit of gratefulness and gratitude. Number four is to take action daily. It doesn't matter where you're going or where you're headed. You're not going to get there if you don't take teeny tiny baby steps to get there. And taking a pause and taking a time out and taking a day off doesn't mean that you're moving backwards. It means you're taking a pause. But then the very next day, take another step forward. And then five is as easy as it can get. It's tweaking and fine-tuning and paying attention to the ebbs and flows, but then keep moving on. So those are the five steps to slow living. I have written them all up, and they're actually available in a free guide on stephanieoday.com. 
and it's called Slow Down and Simplify. So if you sign up for the mailing list, you will get your own copy of Slow Down and Simplify. And I write everything out that I want to help you come to terms with and help you live your version of the life you want to live. And it doesn't need to be perfect, but it needs to be something that you love and you are happy and confident with and something that makes you excited to get out of bed each and every day. Because the fact is, the end for all of us, and unless science and, and chirogenics comes up with something really fascinating, it, it the, the end result for all of us is exactly going to be the same. So you might as well enjoy the path and the journey it takes to get there. And there's no need to rush. So I'm happy that you're here. I want this to be as listener and reader invested as possible. I want to answer the questions that you have. And so shoot me an email whenever you want. I'm at contact at stephanieoday.com. Also, I have the opportunity where you can actually record your own voice message and we can splice it into the show. So if you have any sort of question or comment or feedback, or if you want to share your own slow living journey, I'd love to hear from you. But that's it for me. I'm happy you're here and have an absolutely wonderful day where you take the time to go slow. Do you have a slow living story to share? Leave me a voicemail at stephanieoday.com forward slash podcast with any questions, comments, feedback, or testimonials, and I will be sure to include it in an upcoming episode. Also, if you found value in this episode, please share it with your family and friends and subscribe through your favorite podcast provider. The more you share, comment, and leave positive reviews, the more people we can reach and share the slow living lifestyle and messaging. Thank you, Slow Down Society, and have an absolutely wonderful day.